Happy Space News Live. We're coming to you live here from Helsinki, Finland. No edits here. What you hear is what you get. And my name is Rob. I'll be your host. Today's date, of course, is October 31st, 2017. I'm going to welcome everyone listening live right now on spacenewslive.com or twitch.tv. You might be over there as well. And I just want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. That was a pretty cool intro, I thought. I The last minute, I was like, you know what? I'm going to uh, do like a, um, a Halloween-themed uh, intro and um, just throw that together. That was literally like five minutes ago. I threw that together and was like, yeah, we'll see what happens. And yes, if you're wondering, that was me. <laughs> okay, I love effects on the mixer. You know, I'm always changing things up. I've, I've finally uh, stabilized my setup here and... Uh, I think we're um, we're doing a lot better than we were a few weeks ago when we were bare bones with the uh, with all the equipment. I got the rest of my stuff. Oh, that, that leads me really right into my uh, my next topic here. Um, if you're uh, wondering where, where where was the Space News Live podcast last week? Well, it was <laughs> it was in, it was in work, but. Um, Really what was going on is is I'm trying to normalize my life here in, in Finland, as you know, if you've been listening. Um it um has has been a, a little little rocky here, but we got we got you know a little bit of stuff delivered. We got the bare minimum to do the podcast here, and then we got a little bit more, we mailed ourselves some stuff. Well we got the literally the rest of our stuff um delivered this past week, so that's great news. Um we uh, have been, you know, just you know, going through uh, the boxes, it's it's been boxes, packing paper, and closet space has been my, my life, you know, for the past week, and I didn't realize, you know, that I had so many clothes until, you, you know, and you won't until you try to fit into yours and your wife's clothes into basically an Ikea closet. If any of y'all have Ikea uh, stuff, you know, it's, it's kind of tight sometimes. There's a lot of cubby holes and sliding doors and just not what I'm used to. So anyways... We're, we're figuring all that out. Um, uh, like I said, I got the rest of my of, of all my stuff, my podcast gear. Um, it's it's all here. It's all working. It's you know um, I, I can't complain. So we're good. Um, and uh, all of you listening um, from the United States right now, um, you may have noticed I'm on an hour later than what I've been doing. But it's actually, believe it or not, the same time here. That's because one week, uh, for one week, Finland is only six hours different from the States. So it's still 9 p.m. here, but it's 3 p.m. on the East Coast and accordingly throughout the uh, the um, time zones there. Uh, we moved our clocks um, uh, back for daylight savings time uh, this past weekend and just a couple days ago. And I know the U.S. does it this coming weekend. So for this one week, we're uh, only six hours difference, not seven. So, But, of course, we'll be back to seven hours difference next week. Uh, once y'all do uh, all your time changes. Um, and uh, so anyways, <laughs> happy Halloween, everybody. And I want to welcome everybody back here. Um, 
uh, to the Space News Live. We've got lots of uh, Space News uh, to cover because it has been a couple weeks since we t- uh, last got together. It um, Usually we do, I try to do every week, you know, to do a podcast, but um, um, like I said, had a few things up, so we're doing it every other week right now. But anyways, yesterday on uh, Monday, October 30th at 3.34 p.m. Eastern, SpaceX uh, launched a uh, Falcon 9 rocket, as some of you may have seen. It was carrying a Koreasat 5A satellite into orbit. It launched from uh, Launchpad 39A at Kennedy Space Center in Florida, as they often do. And for those of you still keeping track, uh, the first stage did successfully land on the, of course, I still love you drone ship that was stationed out in the Atlantic Ocean. It was successful. They really have uh, got this down to a science. It's down to a routine now. Um, it's it's all routine, and it's um, almost like, well, yep, yeah, they're going to launch, and they're going to land that first stage on the floating barge or wherever, you know. But, hey, you know what? That's okay. I'm, I'm glad uh, they're actually able to do it. I'm glad they're able to reuse these ships, save some money, and and you know what? They've nailed it. That's that's a great thing. Um, but the Falcon 9 delivered the KoreaSat 5A uh, to its targeted orbit, and the satellite successfully deployed everything about 36 minutes after launch. Everything good there. You can read more about that um, launch from SpaceX and actually see a replay and uh, all you know. Hear the uh, commentary and everything over at SpaceX.com. I've got a link in the show notes. Of course, we'll be up. Just shortly after this podcast. On October 20th, uh, there uh, there's a little spacewalk uh, update. Um, the delayed spacewalk, as you know, it, um, we're, we're, we're talking a little while now because of the delay in the podcast. But I, I wanted to make sure we touched on this. Um, the, uh, the spacewalk was supposed to happen earlier, but there's a few delays. So they ended up doing it October 20th. And although they successfully completed the spacewalk outside the space station, everything was good. It lasted about six and a half hours. It was live streamed on NASA TV as usual, if you saw that. And uh, hopefully some of you got to watch it. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch it. Um, I actually missed that one. Uh, but I uh, watched clips of it. It was good. Uh, good times out in the vacuum of space. <laughs> they, of course, completed a lot of uh, their task. Uh, it was astronauts Randy Bresnik and Joe Acaba. They made the spacewalk. They started at 8.05 a.m. and uh, lasted six and a half hours, like I said. But originally, the two were going to finish uh, a few tasks, like lubricating the uh, latching end effector, or LEE, um, or basically a cannon arm two's hand is what they were going to lubricate. They started, if you remember, on the second. It was a get-ahead task on the second spacewalk, and they were going to finish on the third one. Um, but NASA decided to keep that task for a later spacewalk, and uh, instead they replaced a uh, light on the new uh, latching end effector, and I guess that was more important than the lubrication. I don't know. Maybe they don't move it very much, so they don't need a lot of lubrication right now. Maybe they got enough on the uh, the second spacewalk to the second of the three. When I say the second spacewalk, I mean the second of the series of three that we've been talking about. Um, but another task they decided to, to delay was the replacement of an external camera on the Destiny module. That camera had been displaying a yellowish hue, so the, uh, they were going to replace it. But uh, the astronauts uh, did replace a failed fuse on the Dexter uh, uh, laboratory and installed a new HD camera on the Starbird 1 lower outboard truss. And they relocated some thermal insulation. So next time they'll work on that yellow issue camera and do some lubricating, I guess. There's always tasks to be done on the space station. Always spacewalks, you know, to be done. So 
not a huge deal, um, but um, they decided to uh, reprioritize the task for the guys. So that's what they did. Um, so uh, always more to do, like I said. But you can read more about the spacewalk and the del- uh, the um, whole, the delays on some tasks, the reprioritization of other tasks, and all that on the link in the show notes. Um, and I know it's a little old, but uh, it's, it's still some good reading. And if you'd like to keep up on what the astronauts have been doing outside the space station. On October 26th, just a few couple days ago, a few days ago, um, the space station got a very special phone call. And I tease this a little bit in the tweets if you um, were following along on Twitter or if you saw the uh, on the website uh, about the uh, today's show. Uh, by the way, which is episode nine. I don't know if I mentioned that nine episodes. We're really uh, trucking along. Um, we started, of course, in Virginia. And now we're in Finland, so we're we're a global, international uh, podcast. But anyways, back to my story. I got off on a tangent there. Um, October twenty sixth. Um, the Pope Francis uh, talked to the astronauts on board the International Space Station. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it was broadcast uh, on NASA TV, as usual, as most uh, big events are. Um, the Pope and Expedition 53 crew members exchanged thoughts about humanity's deepest and oldest questions. The Pope asked, uh, what motivated the crew to become astronauts or cosmonauts? Of course, they all went around and supplied their answers on what motivated them. The discussion um, then, uh, after that, moved to uh, deeper topics like the new, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the crew's thoughts of hu- humankind's place in the universe. Each member took turns um, conversing with the Pope, and uh, uh, and of course the um, the Pope does, and from what I understand, doesn't speak uh, very good English, so he spoke his native language. Uh, and uh, ESA astronauts, Pao, astronaut Paul Palau uh, Nespoli, uh, translated everything for the whole crew, um, which uh, was very helpful. Um, Commander uh, Randy Resnick uh, stated candidly to the Pope to Pope Francis that uh, one cannot serve aboard the space station and not be touched to their soul. Um, just uh, giving a little um, insight of how everybody on the space station um, is touched um, and, and becomes a little religious, I guess, when you um, fly up uh, 250 miles above the earth, right? You got to. He went on to state uh, that they're, uh, van- from their vantage point orbiting the earth, it is obvious there are no borders. And it's also evident that the uh, the fragile band of the atmosphere protecting, how fragile the band of the atmosphere is, uh, protecting billions of people below. Uh, Pope Francis uh, observed and said uh, the totality is greater than the sum of its parts. And if you hear my keyboard, I'm just doing a couple edits here. I want to make sure this is all accurate uh, when you read it later, if you read it later. But uh, at the end of the call, uh, the Pope, um, see, look, there's a typo right there. Boom, save. (laughs) Uh, The Pope uh, thanked uh, his uh, new friends and offered his uh, blessings and asked that they pray for him in return. Uh, Very nice uh, treat for the crew on board the space station and all of us to watch. Uh, on NASA TV. You can read more about it. There's a blog uh, from NASA's uh, website, and I've got the uh, direct link to it in the show notes. Uh, You can read more about that conversation. I was excited to see Space.com do a story about uh, the most famous 
that I know of, astronaut twins, to fly in space. Yes, both both of them flew in space, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's astronauts Scott Kelly and Mark Kelly, of course. Uh, Scott Kelly uh, recently spent a year uh, on board uh, the International Space Station, which is more than double of uh, some folks' visits, because um, most people go up to the space station, even like what they consider a long-duration flight is like six months, and he did double that. Um, and he is also a living, uh, basically science experiment and will continue to be for the rest of his life, continuously getting uh, tests done on himself and his brother, comparing their DNA and different effects that um, their bodies have. They were studied uh, as a baseline before the flight and, of course, after the flight. Um, it's It's been an ongoing process if you haven't heard about it. And it's a very interesting story about how they're, they're identical twins. They both ended up becoming astronauts. They've both flown on board the International Space Station. They both have been up there and been exposed to the radiation and um, all the elements of space. So to see the um, how much it affects um, a person after six months and then after, say, a year total, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And, of course, um, all space geeks know that um, astronaut Scott Kelly just released his book about his journey on board the space station and his life as an astronaut. I've received my copy here in Finland. And in case you're wondering, I opted for the autographed version. (laughs) I had to. I mean, you know, it's like, which one do you get? Do you want the normal one or the autographed version? It's only a few dollars more. I was like, heck, yeah, give me that autograph, Scott Kelly. That's right. (laughs) I received it here in Finland last week. I've started reading about a quarter of the way through, and it's so interesting to read. I start laughing when I think about this because I've had to stop myself from laughing reading the book. He is not holding back. Let me just tell you, he tells you everything that uh, behind the scenes that they don't show you on NASA TV, that they don't write about in the Washington Post, you know, or the New York Times, they're not telling about this. It's not even stories that they tweet about. This is amazing stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, I can't. I'm only a quarter of the way through, and I want to, I want to scream from the mountaintops about how great this book is. I, I read it a little bit each, each day. You know, it's busy life. Everybody has their life and work and and other activities. And of course, I'm here in a foreign country and getting all my stuff settled. But I make it a point to read a little bit each day. And uh, it is a fascinating book. And to tell you one quick story from the book, one quick, just to give you a little glimpse of, of the kind of stuff you're going to get to find out by reading this book, he talks about how when he's, you know, you spend time in, in Russia as you get ready to go on board the Soyuz and to launch. There's also a quarantine time. You spend a lot of time in quarantine and in and with the other uh, cosmonauts and astronauts, you know, uh, bonding, getting to know each other. And, of course, while you're in Russia, you're going to eat the Russia food, right? He said a lot of their food is very meat and potatoes. But uh, the only catch is they put a lot of dill on the food. And he said he told some of his crewmates, you know, this food would probably actually be pretty good if there wasn't so much dill. And he's like, I have to ask, what is up with the dill that's on all the food, and apparently, the dill it goes back to the old days in, in space uh, history. You know, dill is known apparently to relieve uh, people of gas. And he said, "Oh, I started thinking about it. You know, 
I'm about to be locked up in a tin can and launched up into space and not have fresh air. Maybe it's a good thing not to have gas and have, you know, farts, uh, as he puts it, you know, in, in space and in my spacesuit. So, you know, I quit complaining about the deal after that. And I think that is just so funny because that's stuff you don't hear about. And other, um, I'm at a part of the book right now where they talk about rituals and uh, Russian rituals and how strange they are and the things that they have to do, but you just do it because you're in a foreign country and it's just the way it is. And he, he mentions real briefly about some of the rituals we did when we flew the space shuttle that I had no idea about. A couple of them I knew, but um, there's a few in there I didn't know, you know, and I'm like, wow, okay. So anyways, I'll stop talking. I could I could talk about this book for another 30 minutes, but I won't. Uh, just check out the link in the show notes if you want to if you want to uh, get the book. Um uh, I, I put a link, um, an Amazon link and a Barnes and Noble link. If you want to, uh, check out the book and, uh, pick it up. Um, uh, the book's called Endurance, a year in space, a lifetime of discovery by astronaut Scott Kelly. Uh, highly, 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 highly recommend you pick that one up. Okay. Enough of that. Uh, in other news, <laughs> early Friday morning, October 27th, the astronauts were busy, uh, giving their green thumbs another try. What do I mean by that? Well, they were busy harvesting three varieties of leafy greens uh, from the veggie growth chamber and installing the next generation of plant research, which is the high-tech advanced plant habitat. Sounds fancy. I don't know. But uh, the good thing is they got they successfully, uh, I think it's like the sixth time or something, they've grown uh, leafy vegetables successfully in, in space. No issues. They're doing great. Uh, a lot better than I could probably do here on Earth. <laughs> uh, this round, though, uh, that they've been harvesting was titled the Veg 03D Experiment, I guess. It included three different types of plants grown at the same time inside the veggie chamber. Um, on Friday, they harvested their three types, which included Mizuna mustard, uh, Waldman's green lettuce, and Outrageous. Outrageous uh, red romaine lettuce, and of course, what better um, what better to do with all that uh, lettuce than make a space salad? And they topped it off. They said with salad dressing. I'm not sure about the type, but uh, some sort of salad dressing that was sent up by the ground crew at the Kennedy Space Center. And I'm sure you know they don't get very much uh, fresh food in space, except on deliveries and when they harvest their uh, their lettuce. So they were uh, pretty excited about that. And just as a side note, uh, Akaba, astronaut uh, Joseph Akaba, only harvested about half of the leafy greens, um, the, and he left the rest to continue to grow for a future salad. So they are planning ahead. They didn't take it all, roots and all, of course. They left a little bit. Um, so, you know, the astronauts are always thinking ahead, and if they're not, Houston is, and that's just how it goes, right? Um, let's see. You can also check a link in the show notes, of course, if you want to read more about their... Uh, there's green thumbs they've got up in the space station. And let's see, what's coming up uh, on your calendar? If you want to mark your calendar for a uh, some upcoming events at NASA, there's not a whole lot uh, on the uh, near future horizon. But tomorrow, Wednesday, November 1st at 10 a.m. Eastern, if you want to tune on uh, NASA TV for live coverage of the hearing, hearing of, nom- of the nomination of Republican James uh, Bredenstein, uh, he's possibly going to be the next NASA administrator. Uh, if you like politics and stuff, it might be interesting to see 
that kind of stuff, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to get into, but uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll tune in. Uh, of course, 10 a.m. is, maybe I won't tune in now that I think about it. 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. or 4, 10 a.m., 4 p.m. Yeah, I guess I could actually. 4 p.m. for me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm horrible at keeping track of all this time difference. Um, and I usually get it backwards. I think I'm dyslexic, so whatever. Um, also on your calendar, you can mark on Saturday, November 11th at 7.37 a.m. Eastern Time is the uh, scheduled launch for the Orbital uh, ATK cargo resupply mission to the space station. And uh, so they're getting some more um, good stuff, some more fresh food and oxygen and fuel and all that good stuff going up. Um, let's see. I like this segment today in space. What happened today, October 31st in the history of space and space travel and space history? Well, on October 31st on the year 2000, not too far away, about 17 years ago or so, the first crew of the International Space Station launched. Can you believe that? They had enough built of the space station to launch the first crew. Expedition one crew consisting of NASA uh, astronaut Commander Bill Shepard and cosmonauts Sergei Kirkalev and Yuri Gizenko. <laughs> uh, the three arrived on November 2nd, marking the start of an uninterrupted presence on board the uh, orbiting laboratory we call the International Space Station. And just to add a little bit here, it's not in my show notes, but I just read it uh, last night, <laughs> again in the Scott Kelly book, he talked about this very moment, actually, when we um, first inhabited the space station. And he said another way to put it is it's been, if you think about this, and you know, it's weird how you know astronauts have a different way of thinking. But it's been 17 years um, since the Earth has had everybody on the ground. Because we've always had a presence in the space station since November uh, 2nd of uh, 2000. So... So, or, you know, or October 31st, even today, 2017 years ago, when we launched the first crew up at that point, all the way to today, it still continues. We haven't had everybody on the ground that's uh, living on Earth um, at, at the same time. Pretty weird to think about. But you can uh, read more about uh, that event on NASA.gov. I have a link in the show notes. All right, so checking in with this International Space Station crew on social media. Well, as you know, today is Halloween. It's October 31st, and uh, the people on board the space station are very aware of this fact. If you've been looking at Twitter, you know NASA has been tweeting out um, folks' costumes, uh, all the uh, little astronauts and space people and aliens and all that good stuff that they've been tweeting out. It's really cool. Well, on board the space station, Randy Bresnick tweeted. Of course, the International Space Station retweeted, and so did, at the time I checked it, 2.8 thousand other people, including myself, retweeted the picture of the crew of six, all dressed up in various costumes on board the space station. The, uh, the costumes ranged from uh, a minion, there was a Spider-Man, there was Wolverine, and there was even a space monkey of sorts, complete with big uh, oversized feet and everything and big ears. It was really cool. And I was scrolling through, and you've got to find this picture. I wish I would have put a link to it up. Um, but um, the space monkey, they even had an idea. They were going to have him uh, look out the window. And they, uh, I guess, uh, adjusted one of the cameras and took a picture of him looking out the window from uh, 
from outside looking into the space station it just it just looked kind of funny you just see like this monkey looking out the window you know i guess they do have animals right on board the space station at least today they do so uh very cool pictures to see make sure you go check it out i'm hoping they put some videos up of them you know goofing around in their costumes but uh, so far just pictures that i've seen i guess the day's still young uh, over there uh, on the east coast um and up in space um uh, anyways, awesome pictures, rare, and it's obviously, uh, took some careful planning to execute the, uh, the costumes because they can't just run out and buy them, right? So they had to have them delivered, um, so they had to plan ahead on that, <clears throat> knowing obviously they're going to be in space over Halloween. Uh, yesterday, Palau uh, Nespoli uh, was active on Twitter. He mentions that in space they get 16 sunrises, right, per day. Uh, some people know that. I won't say everyone knows that, but yeah, 16 sunrises and sunsets per day. Um, and he shows off, and it looks to be like accidental photography skills. Um, the camera was slightly out of focus, but it still produced a really cool effect of the sunrise um, that he shot from the window. So, uh, pretty neat to check that out. It's just kind of you know kind of a blurry, but you can see the sun coming up over the horizon uh, and all the colors. I think the colors is what really make it. So you really gotta uh, check that out. Uh, Joseph Acaba tweeted out some pictures of the crew harvesting the greens, like I said, on board the space station we talked about earlier. He says, and I quote, nothing beats fresh homegrown food, right? Um, he's right about that. And in fact, you can rarely say that on board the space station. They got fresh, freshly picked, fresher than me and you probably ever eat, you know, our greens, right? They got it in space. So not too bad. What an occasion. Uh, they're clearly taking uh, full advantage of it, um, and they also tweeted out some videos of the action of them uh, picking the uh, lettuce and stuff. On October 27th, Randy uh, Bresnik tweeted out a link to encourage you to be amazed by the stunning beauty of our home planet and to be mesmerized by the music that accompanies it so well. And if, um, if you follow the link that he tweeted out, it's a link that takes you to a really well-produced YouTube video that's in 4K that was shot on board um, the space station by the astronauts, of course. Um, they, they filmed the Earth in different uh, vantage points of the Earth in different, uh, like, zooms, uh, close-ups of different, uh, I guess you could say, um, like, land masses and stuff, you know, different terrain, um, they, they did it over a few months from August to October 2017 in high definition or not high definition, 4K definition quality. Of course, I was only able to see it in HD, but it still looked really incredible. My uh, video screen only does uh, HD, but, you know, I can't imagine what it looks like in 4K. I bet it just looks amazing. But um, I highly, highly encourage you to go check it out um, and just see the video they made because it, it looks really stunning. I've put a link to it in the show notes if you want to uh, go there to get to the link or you can of course go to um, Randy's uh, Twitter account and you can get the link there. Uh, several tweets uh, were also sent out about the uh, speaking to the Pope and how excited they were and how awesome of an experiment, uh, experience it was for them on board. Joseph Acaba mentions in his tweet how the Pope's words were so imp- inspirational and how it was quite the honor uh, to speak with him, um, of course, who wouldn't uh, be excited to speak with the Pope, right? You know, they get really excited. They get some special um, uh, phone calls from the sp- uh, up in the space station, ranging from, I know, Garth Brooks, the president, now the Pope. Pretty cool. Not a bad gig up there. Uh, now, um, we're just going to, we're cruising right along. We're right on the schedule, actually, which is good. I've been trying to, you know, keep track to, our, you know, I'm going to keep on our 30-minute schedule here, even though we had a lot, of, lot to talk about. 
Um, we're time, we're going to do the little bonus question here. And I always like to reference something that, uh, you know, we talked about earlier in the show a little bit. Um, and we talked about, um, a lot actually from the tweets and the, um, the news and everything about the, uh, plants being grown on board the space station. And so the question this week I wanted to ask and, and just test your trivia knowledge here is what were the first plants to be grown in space? Now this is space at all. This isn't just on board the space station or shuttle or, uh, the Soyuz or the Mir or anything like that. I want to know um, what's the first plants to ever be grown in space ever since they attempted to try to grow, you know, plants in space. Who you know, who tried this first and when was it? Anybody know? Well, the answer actually is back on my birth year in 1982, the crew of the Soviet, Soviet, let me try and start over, the Soviet Soyuz 7, say that five times fast, the Soviet Soyuz 7 space station, uh, they conducted an experiment with seeds of some, er, let me see if I can say this, Arapidopsis, Arapidopsis, it's also known as rock crust, um, using uh, Phyton Phyton 3 experimental micro greenhouse apparatus, they successfully grew plants, uh, and in turn, these plants became the first to ever flower and produce seeds in space back in 1982. And a little bonus trivia to the bonus trivia for you. The first seeds to ever go up in space launched in Jul- on July 9th, 1946. So it took them from 46 of launching seeds to 82 to grow the seeds. <laughs> uh, they launched on board a US, la- a US V2 rocket. These samples were never recovered though, but they were launched into space. Um, or maybe they had plans to recover them at one point. I don't know, but uh, they um, did launch them. <laughs> the first ISS crew to eat space-grown plants was actually on Expedition 44. Uh, they, uh, those members on August 10th, 2015, actually ate what they grew. Uh, they had fresh lettuce uh, in space for the first time, 2015. So anyways, um, we've covered a lot, and that's your bonus, and that's your space news for today. There you have it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining me for episode 9 of the Space News Live. Um, We'll try to do it again next week. Um, We usually try to do it on uh, Tuesdays uh, around, well, once the time changes, once y'all catch up uh, over there in the States, around 2 p.m., uh, Eastern or uh, 9 p.m. here in uh, Helsinki, Finland. Um, so we'll see you next Tuesday or the Tuesday after I'll try to keep everybody posted, but just plan for next Tuesday. Um, because that's, that's my goal. And now that we're getting things more normalized and settled here, uh, here at the house, I think it should be more possible. So we'll see you next time for now. My name is Rob. This is the space news live.